Today we watch our major league teams. They almost wear a different uniform each and every day. Well, the uniform has a great evolution and it's very interesting how it's evolved over the last almost 200 years. And uh, we have some great stories from the 19th century in this first part of two coming up for you in just a moment. My name's Darren Hayes, and I know you've heard me on the Pigskin Dispatch talking about football history for years. Well, now I'm on a new mission, a quest to find sports history in other sports, as well as football, by learning through the jerseys and the apparel and the gear that the players wore and the franchises supplied their teams. It's an educational trip, and I'm taking you with me day by day, player by player, uniform by uniform, the Sports Jersey Dispatch. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your place to find out some great sports history through the uniforms and jerseys that our athletes have worn throughout the ages. And we're really going to go back in the ages today because we're going to talk a little bit about some 19th century baseball jerseys. You know, baseball is such a truly unique and innovative sport. The game is so filled with numbers and statistics, along with the legendary athletes that have done remarkable things throughout the ages. You know, it's truly a game of numbers. You know, the statistics of, you know, the batting averages and on-base percentages and ERAs, home runs, distance the balls are hit. Just unbelievable the amount of numbers in there. Well, the story of the professional baseball jersey takes us all the way back to the New York Knickerbockers baseball team in a game where they played on April 4th, 1849, according to the Baseball Hall of Fame's website. It says, the Knickerbocker Baseball Club of New York City was a simple outfit consisting of a flannel white shirt, blue wool pants, and a straw hat. Imagine that, a straw hat in baseball. Now, during the 1850s, 1860s, and early 1870s, the jersey itself was most famously a shield front style. Now, a shield front is you know where you have a piece of cloth that basically is like a, a giant shield in front of the rest of the shirt, and uh, you know just covers up there. And interestingly enough, they were greatly influenced by the same garb that local volunteer firemen of that era wore while on the job. Hmm, very interesting indeed. Now, a new wave of shirts was ushered in during the mid-1870s. It was the lace jersey. And although sporting goods supplier A.J. Spalding and Brothers and Company had advertisements for their flannel fancy shield shirt as late as 1893, only a select few teams donned the front shield after 1875, though. The front lace derivative of the uniform of baseball diamond was in vogue for about a decade. The Hall of Fame of Baseball claims that styles varied, with some, sh some shirts featuring lacing that ran the entire length of the shirt, while others had lacing just at the top portion of the jersey. Lace front jerseys remained popular through the 1890s, but by 1901, only two of 16 major league clubs were wearing the style. Baseball Hall of Fame quoted that. Now, we have some great photographs that we've gotten from Wikipedia Commons and uh, just of some 
the different styles of the baseball jersey that we're talking about, that front shield jersey and a lace jersey, both some great photographs on jerseydispatch.com for this uh, article that we wrote on the 19th century baseball. You can follow the links in the show notes to get right to it. Now, baseball tried a very colorful experiment in 1882 when they had players of certain positions wear specifically colored uniforms to denote their playing position. Yeah, that's right. When your favorite team took the field in that era, none of the nine had the same shirt on. This experimental era of baseball jerseys are fondly referred to as the clown costumes era, and rightfully so, with a circus-like look of the game. The Baseball Hall of Fame tells us this on that. Shortstops, for example, were required to wear a maroon shirt and caps, while first basemen dressed like candy canes in scarlet and white striped caps and jerseys. Now, can you imagine that going to a baseball field and seeing, you know, your shortstop on both teams wearing maroon and you have, you know, the the candy cane looking like a, a peppermint candy at first base and, you know, who knows what some of the other players on the team are wearing, probably one in yellow, one in blue, just crazy. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the whole thing about that was, but maybe we can find out here. You know, no hardball clown costume was complete until they put on the mandatory white bow tie, white belt, and white trousers to complete the ensemble. The long, highly worn socks or stockings were the only way anyone could denote which team the players were on. This is where it gets interesting. This is extremely interesting because an 1882's rule actually named some of the teams we know today. The rules makers said that the Boston team had to wear red stockings and Chicago players were only to wear white ones. Hence the nicknames of the Chicago White Sox and Boston Red Sox were inaugurated. And there was much to say negatively about the clown costumes, but there's also some much bad publicity and confusion that the rule was thrown out mid-season 1882. So yeah, wearing that, those different uniforms, wearing the socks is the only way you could tell your teammates from each other. When the 20th century arrived, both the front lace and the front shield jerseys went out of style, and a new generation of player gear emerged, the button-down shirts. We're more familiar with those, aren't we? The button apparel first made its way onto the diamond in the 1850s, and they were not popular at first, but after 1900, they dominated hardball teams around the country. One question that many fans of a certain New York team may be wondering is when did the era of pinstripes come in? Well, the Hall of Fame tells us that though multiple teams wore stripes in the past, the true official pinstripe uniform was not seen until 1888. Washington and Detroit of the National League and Brooklyn of the American Association adorned themselves with the legendary jerseys adornment that year. Brooklyn was the only one of the three original pinstripes to continue its use. They even modified the vertical stripes to add horizontal ones as well to become the first to wear a checkered pattern in 1889. And guess what? They won the pennant. Well, we're not saying that the checkerboard squares uniform shirt helped win a title. However, when the Brooklyn Club abandoned the fashion statement in 1890, they finished at the bottom of the league standings. Quite ironic indeed. Could it be because of the checkered shirts that they wore well that is uh what we have on our 19th century uniforms uh, we're glad that you could join us here once again we're going to come back next week and we're going to talk about the evolution the continued evolution of the baseball uniform into the 20th century and what we ha- got to see there so until next time everybody have a great sports history day 
Sorry, but my pitching coach just called timeout, and he's coming out to the mound. I think I'm going to get yanked for a reliever. We'll see you back tomorrow for some more great sports history on Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.